all about the hole. I did old uh, some poll uh, over the weekend. Right. Not Misohonia. I did have an accident with a menorah. Here we go. On Twitter at 1270, a fan. Let ball. Taking your calls at 270 1270. What's up, baby? How you doing? Here we go. This is the Tim Show. When's the last time you read the New Testament, huh? I'm trying to put my junk back in place. You're one of the guys I'm following on Twitter, you know. Uh-oh. I like this guy, uh, Tim Graham. Welcome back to another installment of the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis Bison, Kirshner, CPAs and Business Consultants, the December 18th, 2019, Year of Our Lord edition of the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK, here in studio with... Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, Jonah Bronstein of Too Many Outlets to List, Bobby Rosati, Diddle in the Knobs, perennial MVP, game ball recipient, Bobby Rosati. He's got a pocket full of game balls. <laughs> you think our game balls here are that small? Yeah. <laughs> I've worked on the show for three years. <laughs> Did his uh, game ball streak come to an end recently? At one point, it did. I can't yeah, who do we have? Got the game ball. Somebody got the game ball. Might have been just Joel. in the last couple of weeks. It did we it, give Joel a game ball for being so hot got, on the picks? Yes, I, I'm almost positive that's what it was, but I can't. I don't know for sure. Right, we'll have to do some research. What's going on at One Bills Drive, Matthew Fairburn? You were out there today. Bills getting ready for an interesting and kind of a weird matchup with the New England Patriots. I think in usual circumstances, you want to go out there and win, of course, but there's reason that the Bills might want to prefer to lose this game. And we'll get into that. Well, let's, I want to say too, because we're going to be, we're going to stop talking about the Bills for a second. Kyle Ocposo of the Buffalo Sabres is going to join us. He's been playing incredibly well since returning from yet another concussion. Uh, in his past six games, he has three goals, and since he's been back, the Sabres are 3-1-2, and two, starting to warm up a little bit. Uh, disappointing game last night in Toronto. Got off to a really poor start, uh, but f- fascinating finish. Tying the game late and uh, doing something. Wait, no, they didn't tie the game. I'm sorry. I think in my mind they, they had tied the game. They came back from yeah. 3 nothing and lost 5-4. to four. Yeah. Jeez. 5-3. Five, 5-3. Three. Five, three. Yeah. Hell. All right. Sabres. You're all over it. That could be your first question to Kyle. What was the score <laughs> yeah. of last night's game? What happened last night? But uh, while we wait for Kyle to call in, uh, Bills, interesting circumstances this week. Yeah, if they win, then they're in a spot where they're going to have to beat the Jets in Week 17, but that might be for naught because the only way they win the division is if they win out and the Patriots lose out. So even if they win this weekend, which I don't think is outside the realm of possibility, they still have to be in a situation where they're not resting their starters against the Jets and still perhaps not getting what they want, which is you know the division title there maybe is an argument to be made that you don't really that you'd rather just get it over with this weekend lose the division and be able to rest your starters it depends how much value you put on being able to to rest the starters and maybe having another week where you're not putting your best stuff on film or maybe you're trying to put some other 
different tendency breakers on film so that your potential playoff opponent, uh, you know, doesn't see certain things. It's an it's a different spot than we've seen the Bills in in, in a while. Usually, it's, you're going to need to play at your best, and like you say, pull out all the stops if you need to beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough. And the Patriots are playing for something too. It's not as though the Patriots they, they a win and they don't they can rest their guys in their finale because they have won the division. So actually, uh, it or you could look at it this way: if you're the Bills. You want to make the Patriots work for it? Do you want the Patriots to have a week off heading, heading right, into the playoffs? You don't want playoffs? Julian Edelman to be able to rest up. He's pretty banged up. You want them to have to keep putting you the know, screws to the Patriots. Make them earn, make them not have a, a free week heading into the postseason, which is a rarity. Although, if they do, and that's the thing, if the the Patriots were to win this game, they've got a they still have an outside shot at two free weeks, don't they? Although the Chiefs have a tiebreaker against them, so. Even that is up in the air for so I think that's look. There's no way that the Bills that it's even entering their mind. The value of beating the Patriots, keeping that alive. Look, there's some debate over the value of resting your starters to begin with. It's not as if the Bills have struggled with injuries and they have guys that need to rest up. They've been a pretty healthy team this season, and you know the way they've been going, maybe it is not a bad thing to have some guys out there and, and keep it rolling and, uh, you know, stay at least into it. We've seen teams rest their starters and come out and look really sloppy uh, after a week off. So I think you can go both ways on it. It's just a weird, weird circumstance for this team compared to where they've been the last few years. Also on today's show, we're going to have uh, Francis Reimers, a uh, name that you doesn't register with you, but uh, she is a, pu- a sports publicist. She represents a couple of Bills, John Feliciano and also the offensive line coach, uh, Bobby Johnson. But she also has Aaron Donald. Uh, She works with Dale Earnhardt Jr. She works with the NFL Alumni Association, and uh, she's a Wyoming grad. So she's going to have some thoughts on Josh Allen and all the different, uh, well, we'll we'll see what we can get out of her. Maybe she's got some inside info through some of her clients. You never know about Josh Allen, or just we're going to talk about what it's like to be a sports publicist in the 21st century, and uh, she's been known to uh, get after it a little bit. Yeah, she was she's... having a good. She was having a grand old time with the Buffalo media in Pittsburgh over the weekend. You and I were not. We were invited, but we had our other vices. We were house cats. We were house cats uh, because mobile betting in Pennsylvania, and we drove down. And we found us a, a giant eagle in a sheets and uh, got us, we loaded up. We loaded up on snacks and beverages and stayed in the hotel and bet our faces off. Got into our, our comfy pants and bet some Army Navy. You we know? did. We actually What's wrong did. wrong with that? We did. <laughs> Guy stuff. <laughs> hey, Matt, let's put on our sweats and uh, have us a Saturday. Hang out. Okay. So anyway, Fran- Francis Reimers was down there and uh, hanging out with all the Buffalo media. It's not a secret because they tweet these; they tweet it out. They were getting after it at the casino. I oh, met her right. at Elmo's one night with a, a group of I don't know how many Buffalo media members were there. It was a caravan of uh, just you guys descended. I was there with a friend, and then you guys just descended on the place. We did after having some wings at 
at Sunny Reds. You're right about one thing. Being a sports publicist in the 21st century has to be a pretty weird and difficult job, a nonstop job. And I suppose you, you kind of have to be all over the place, you know, for, for your client's sake. So, Especially when you represent high-profile athletes like John Feliciano. Well, there's that, too, is that, you know, hey, they're probably— and I don't even know how you measure any of these things or what the value of any of it is, but we're I ha- think we know John Feliciano quick. better Bobby, now we're, ha- we we're having right? an issue. Kyle Ocposo is trying to call in, and he says it's not coming through. So, uh, What number is he calling? 716-270-1270. Mm, Want to give him the I, hotline? I, I always forget about the hotline. Let's, uh, I'll text that one to you. Okay. Coming your way. All right. So, uh, and also Jenna Harner from the Bahamas. We're going to talk to her about UB's bowl game. The Bahama Bowl is Friday at two o'clock, I think. That's correct. Are and we sure the Thunderwolves hotline goes out of country long distance? Have we tested that? It does. It does. We we're on, we're on top of that. And um, also Joel Staniszewski. How did we not get any of us in this room not get assigned to the Bahamas Bowl? You would I, think me with nine or ten different employers would be able I to find one like way down there. I feel like we should probably be doing this show on location oh from the Bahamas Bowl. That was a missed opportunity. If still Francis Reimers were representing this show, she would have had us at the Bahamas You're Bowl. You're right. She would have fought for us. Yeah. Maybe we need to pick up. Maybe I need to be Francis Reimers' client, or at least the Tim Graham show should be a client. I bet that would be lucrative. We'll ask her what she can do for us. Yeah. The Tim or Graham Show. Hypothetically. Brought to you by CTBK. Hypothetically or maybe not. We should have had uh, Brad Ryder. But two weeks ago on this show, or three weeks ago now, Brad Ryder said we're going to the Bahamas Bowl. That was before the last game. Nobody was talking about that before. Remember that, Matt? That was yeah. a big scoop. And he sometimes, once or twice, like hosts the, the show. Bahamas Bowl. That would sell. <laughs> three guys trying to avoid the sun. They might as well send us to the Anchorage Bowl. <laughs> I think it would have been great radio and perhaps a simulcast. I don't know. The Juno Snow Globe Bowl. I'm not an expert. I'm not a publicist, but. I want to ask uh, Kyle Ocposo, who's joining us here now on the uh, C Thunderwolves hotline, what his druthers would be as an athlete going into the playoffs, knowing that you're going into the playoffs, would you rather continue to keep playing for, you know, smothering an opponent, putting them in their place? Or as an athlete, is it all about the playoffs and you need to rest rest up for uh, for the tournament? Um, I mean, it's all about the playoffs. Once you get in, anything can happen. So um, it's all about getting there and being as fresh as you can when you get there. Yeah, the Bills are in a weird position. If they win the game, they can't rest in Week 17 because they can still be playing for the AFC East. But if they lose on Sunday, they get the bonus of having a chance to rest. So it's a little bit of a quandary. Well, I mean, I think you. I don't think you can ever go into a game, you know, not wanting to win. Um, I, I think that hey, if there's a chance to get home field, then you do it. I mean, you look at kind of going into whether it be New England or Baltimore or wherever, as opposed to playing at, uh, at New Era, like I, there's no brainer choice. You got to try and get home field. Yeah. I, well, he raises a good point. Bills have been pretty good on the road though. 
They are six and one. They've never been seven and one. They do have a chance to be seven and one for the first time in franchise history if they can win this game. And then there's the psychological aspect of putting Tom Brady in his place, maybe sending him a little closer to retirement. But I didn't call you up to talk about football, although I know you know your football. You know all your sports. Good, uh, good Minnesota boy as he is. He knows his. He knows all of his sports. Kyle Ocposo joining us here, 31 years old, coming off, and I don't want to start off with the downer, but we need to say that you're back from something here, coming off your fourth documented concussion since joining the Sabres, and you are playing incredibly well, and because you were so open with your story a couple of years ago, I think that the fans uh, are generally very in tune with you when it comes to concussions, and we're hoping that everything was okay, and you come back with a flourish, a goal in your first game back. The Sabres are 3-1-2 and two since you've been back. Uh, it's three goals in your six games. Um, how would you say uh, you're feeling right now, not only as a hockey player, but in terms of uh, uh, somebody who wants to spend time with his family for decades and decades? Um, I feel great in both aspects really i mean the support i received um you know this time from from the community from the fans was tremendous and i just wanted to make sure that i wasn't rushing back into anything um i took a lot of i took about a week and a half and really really had some thoughts about hey i might be done here and you know, if if this is going to affect my my future long term, then you know it'd, it'd be really hard for me to go back into a hockey game and be in a place where hey, I'm looking to be the best player I can be, as opposed to just just trying to get through the game. And I didn't want to do that as an athlete, as a competitor. And, um, so I, I you know seeked out some um, uh, some additional help and got some really good news and really put my mind at ease for for life and just for you know somebody like you said that I, I would like to I want to watch my kids grow up I want to be there for them I want to you know be the best father and and husband that I can be for for a long period of time and um, so when I got that news it really put my mind at ease and it it allowed me to just really dive in head first and um, just know that I was going to be okay and you know as of right now obviously things can change down the road and you have to kind of take it as a as a case-by-case case thing and but as of right now my mind is strong and and my brain health is is extremely solid and that's really allowed me to uh to dive right back into to hockey and just just play with um play with a bit more of an edge and just uh, really enjoy it. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of fun in these six games. Obviously the team has played well uh, last night, notwithstanding, but, um, you know, I felt, felt really good stepping back. When it, you mentioned that you wondered if you might be done. Have you come to some kind of criteria or in discussions with your wife uh, and your family how will you know when that criteria is met to walk away? Because it is a subjective thing, and as athletes, you're competitive, and there is a high desire among athletes, I know from being around them for 30 years, that you want to go out on your own terms. Uh, 
that a concussion might end it or an in, any injury might end it, how will you know that, okay, this is time and I don't need to come back? Well, I think a big thing is when it starts starts affecting quality of life. And when, you know, there's a concussion that, that you know, you start having those symptoms, those, you know, you start maybe getting depressed or um, you start getting headaches and you're not able to function normally. Um, you get that stuff between concussions. That's when it's really time to kind of sit back and evaluate. You know, and saying that you don't ever want to get to that point either. So nobody has a crystal ball. And um, so all that I can say is right now I'm symptom-free and uh, I've done a l- I've worked with a lot of people who I trust, who I respect, and they've they've all told me that that my brain is good and my brain is healthy, and um, I have the feelings to to back that up. Uh, I really do believe that, and I I feel that I have um, you know a lot left to give. We're in conversation with Buffalo Sabres forward Kyle Ocposo on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline, and. Kyle, I've, I've wanted to ask you this. I, I haven't circled back with you since, uh, well, we've, we've been in touch since uh, the, the story that, uh, that you trusted me to tell in The Athletic uh, a year and a, and a couple of months ago. Um, and uh, it was really, I think, an offshoot of you uh, joining up um, with uh, the Just Tell One public awareness campaign that uh, focuses on mental health and substance abuse among youth and young adults. And it's about telling people and unburdening yourself and just if you if you can just tell one person and, and I think that I and an honor it will always be for the rest of my years is that I it was almost like I was the the, the one that you told uh, so that way I could share it with everybody but it has opened up as we started at the beginning of this uh, conversation it has opened up a brand new awareness among the fans for you to let them into your life and what you were dealing with. You made yourself pretty vulnerable there, and I'm sure that there was some um, concern as to how that was going to play out. How has that decision to open up and tell the world, essentially, what you were going through at a very delicate time in your life, how has that, uh, how has that changed things for you and, and the way you connect with the fans and, and other people? Well, that's a good question. Um, it's it's changed things for the better for me. Um, I, I'm a I'm an extremely private person. Uh, I I always have been, and so it, it was difficult for me to share the story and and share this time in my life that was definitely you know the darkest few weeks of my life, and um, so. But it, it's opened up a lot in my relationships with different people. Um, I, I'll have random people, random fans come up to me and tell me a little bit about their story. And, um, you know, I, I had a I had standing in line at Chipotle last year, and a um, police officer came up to me and told me about, about the struggles that he was going through, he, he got in a fight and um, somebody broke a bottle over his head and he, he had a concussion and he went through some, um, you know, suicidal thoughts and, and ideations. And, and, and then he just really opened up to me in that moment. And 
that never would that never would have happened if if um if I had not told my story and and he said that he's doing much better and um through my story it it helped him and so that's <clears throat> that makes it worth it right there just even if it was just that one instance which it's not it there's a there's a lot of other things that that have happened and so I think it makes your relationships more authentic I'm not really I'm at a stage in my in my life where you know I I don't really want to have disingenuous relationships with people and um if i'm going to have a relationship with somebody i want it to be authentic even if it's just for a moment and um i just want to be be myself and be able to communicate openly with people so uh through this whole experience it's it's really made me realize that and and definitely made me um made me more aware of, of things that are going on and and maybe more empathetic for sure yeah, Kyle, one of the things that I've really enjoyed watching on social media is that there is a deeper level of a connection, it seems, uh, from the fans. And I know sometimes it's a one-way street because there are so many fans and only one Kyle Ocposo, but um, whether you're injured or whether you're playing well, people seem to be genuinely concerned slash happy slash grateful um, at a much deeper level since you opened up. And, and obviously things are going very well for you right now. Um, uh, but not quite as well as they're going for Jack Eichel. And I want to know what it's like to be around a guy when he's playing this well, and if there's anything that you could tell us that the average fan might not notice when a guy is this hot, um, what's that, what's that like? Uh, honestly, it, nothing really changes. I mean, if anything, we, we talk about it less. Um, you know, we all know what's going on. We all know, um, you know, how many games it's been with a point and, you know, it started with that four goal game against Ottawa, I believe. And, uh, but honestly, we just try and talk about other stuff. We just talk about, talk about life or what's going on and, you know, who's, who's playing well in football or just banter back and forth. And, um, but when it's time to go to work, he's, you know, he's been the hardest working guy and, um, he's doing all the little things behind the scenes that nobody sees and nobody, and he'll never get credit for, um, that, uh, that the true professionals do and the elite players in this league do just to, you know, to be the best they can be, and and he's he's doing those things, and that does you, um, you mentioned there, and it does put it in perspective how great this streak is. He, you were injured in that four goal game. That was when that was the the game that you got hurt, knocked you out for a while. You've been back for a while, and he's still on the scoring streak. It's been seventeen games. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I I just uh, I just thought of that now too, and yeah, it's been a long time, and and. Um, it's just been so fun to watch his, his maturation over, you know, the three and a half years that I've been here and, and, you know, how far he's come, come as a person and, and it's really translating into his game. He's always had the, the talents of a superstar and, um, you know, nobody wants to win more than Jack. And I think that Buffalo, um, is lucky to have a guy, um, as passionate as he is, you know, wearing the sea for their city and, um, you know, leading our team and, and, you know, we as a team are, 
are uh, are grateful that you know he's he's leading us. So um, yeah, it's just it's just been fun to watch, and you know, but any you know any insight is just that nobody really talks about it. We just kind of we just kind of keep going. Kyle, what do you remember about about your first few years in the league? Because you know. This is probably the best we've seen Jack Eichel play, and you mentioned he's starting to do some some little things behind the scenes that have maybe helped him get there. But I think we also forget, you know, at times how young this guy is. What do you remember about when you were that young into the league and how big those jumps can be when they start to happen and when things start to click for you? Yeah, I mean, I was young, and um, we, we went through some diff- difficult times on Long Island and it uh it definitely makes you stronger as a as a person, you know, to go through some of some of that adversary and um uh, adversity and you know it it was uh it wasn't until I was twenty four I believe that I really had my breakout season and and um kind of figured out how to put everything together and becoming a pro and, and doing everything that I need to do off the ice and on the ice to be successful every night. And there was definitely a learning curve for me. And I think that, you know, with the younger generation now and how skilled that these guys are growing up, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of the guys are learning quicker. Some guys quicker, some guys not as fast. And you go through ups and downs um, in your you know, in the early parts of your career, just trying to figure out what exactly works for you. And and the answer isn't the same for any two players. Everybody's different. Everybody's got something that's going to make them tick that, you know, isn't going to work for somebody else. So just about a finding the, the right thing for you to do. And, and, you know, Jack seems to be, seems to be finding that. And, you know, it took me a little bit, a little bit longer to find my path as well. Last question for you, Kyle, and I appreciate you taking some time out uh, when you're on the road. I'm guessing you're in Philly, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. In Philly. Uh, how, where do you think the team is right now? Uh, the hot start went through a lull. Seemed to be scrapping, getting things back in order. But where are you guys as a unit? I think we're in a really good spot. Um, we've we built a game in the first fifteen or so and tried to, you know, build build the way that we wanted to play, build our identity, and then I think we found it for um, a while. And we weren't getting the results for a bit, but we were structurally playing pretty well. And, you know, last week we took seven out of eight points against four extremely good opponents, and... The game last night against Toronto was was a game that you know we wanted to have back. We did not play well in the first forty minutes. We all know that, and but that's not something that's typical. And I think that that is a very good thing for us. And we know what we have to do, and we're going to get back on the horse tomorrow against Philly. So I really like the spot that we're at. Obviously, there's a the standings are really bunched up right now. I, I don't really know exactly where everybody's at, but I know that everything's really tight. So, you know, teams are, teams are trying to fight for that, for that spot. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough down the stretch, but, but I really like where, where we we're at as a team and um, where we're going to go. 
Kyle Ocposo, Buffalo Sabres forward, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, obviously uh, one of the guys that fans follow more than most for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Yeah, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All righty. That was Kyle Ocposo on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Come be a part of a winning team at Niagara County Community College. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Francis Reimers. We're going to have some fun. I don't know how this is going to go. My favorite. Right. I, me that. too. I, this, is a, this is a wild card here. This is a wild card. We're going to see what's up. When we come back with uh, NFL and uh, other sports publicist, Francis Reimers. We also have Jenna Harner from the Bahamas Bowl. Going to talk to us uh, about UB and preview that game. Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas. So much. So much on this show, Jonah. A lot of Big Four basketball tonight. Talk about that. Jonah's going to get into that. We'll dig in. On the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants on Sports Radio 1270 The Fans. This is the Tim Graham Show. So you're telling me there's a chance. On Twitter at 1270 The Fan. I wasn't supposed to put beef in the trifle. Taking your calls at 270-1270. Podcast available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and SportsRadio 1270.com. That's a lot of information to get in 30 seconds. Sports Radio 1270. The Tim Graham Show. The Fan. Syracuse Orange play-by-play at Western New York is exclusively on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner is a full-service accounting firm that also offers expert consultation for growing and entrepreneurial businesses. Located in Amherst, CTBK specializes in maintaining a human connection and takes a bullish approach to their clients' goals and visions with the No Surprises billing policy. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, advice on acquisitions and mergers, or practically any other business operation need you can imagine, call CTBK for a consultation at 716-630-2400. That's 716 716- 630-2400. Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner. A quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. 716-630-2400. Now on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. I really hear voices in my head. Yes, we all hear voices in our head. I can hear the voices in my head again. Sports Radio, Sports Radio 1270, 1270, The Fan. And on The Fan's app. Free to download in the App Store. Now back to the Tim Graham Show. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants here on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. I don't think she's going to mind if I go ahead. We've said it during the break. I don't know if she's been listening to the show, but I'll go ahead. In case she hasn't, I'll go ahead and say it right now that I think this is a wild card guest. I have no idea how this is going to go, but I ha- I think it's. I wouldn't have had her on if I didn't think it was going to go well. 
So I hope I'm not putting added pressure on her to be entertaining. <laughs> but joining oh us now on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline is sports publicist Francis Reimers from, are you in D.C. right now? I am. I'm actually fighting D.C. traffic as we speak. Oh, Godspeed. It's, uh, how, is it bad weather there, right? It isn't all up and down the eastern seaboard? It's, um, it's quitting time um, near the nation's Pentagon, which means everybody and their mother is trying to get out of, of, their, of the Pentagon. And so northern Virginia, D.C. area around this time is a madhouse. So holiday season or not, it's always gridlock at this time of the day. Let's not get in a crash, uh, but if it's stop <laughs> no. and go, then we'll help you kill the boredom here. Uh, Francis Reimers, it should be uh, known to our listeners, is the publicist for uh, Bill's offensive lineman, John Feliciano, and also offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, uh, in addition to Aaron Donald of the L.A. Rams. Uh, she works with Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s foundation. She works with the NFL Alumni Association. So, Francis, what's it like to be a publicist in the 21st century? I think a lot of people don't know how it works and maybe assume mm -hmm. you work with the team. You don't necessarily. You have your client, and sometimes I'm thinking your client's needs don't necessarily align with the team's needs. But how, how, do, you, how do you do that dance? Well, you know, most people come to me because they realize that their time in the sun is limited, and they want to extend their legacy as long as humanly possible. Um, that's a little bit of how John and I got connected. Um, he's very smart. He's very savvy. He knows who he is and what he wants to do. And, and I'm just helping him capitalize that on that through PR and marketing and endorsements and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, sometimes the, the team's wants and wishes don't always align with the players. But, um, you know, I, I always work behind the scenes as much as possible to make sure that we're all on the same team and that we're working towards the, the greater goal, which is bringing visibility to the player because great visibility and great visi uh, you know, representation of the player leads to great visibility for the team. Um, you know, all streams feed into the river. Um, so it, it, it's beneficial if we're all working together. So getting players good press, making sure that their nonprofits work appropriately and, uh, and are giving back to the greater good, um, that's in my best interest for my clients, but the teams want that too. So I tend to have harmonious relationships all around. But, um, you know, for people like Aaron, um, you know, he's represented by CAA um, as a whole, as an individual. I just do the marketing and PR for his foundation, um, which is the AB99 Solutions Foundation based out of Pittsburgh. Um, so athletes come to me, athletes, coaches, um, administrators come to me in, in a lot of different forms, but the end goal is to help them manage their reputation in this ever-digital environment. So it's making them look good on social, it's making them look good in the press, it's making sure that their brand, whether it's with a company or a nonprofit, is, is working the way it should and, and really working to extend the legacy of, of that person. And so that's, that's why people come to me. It also helps when you have an interesting client, and John Feliciano certainly is that. Uh, I think when he arrived with the Bills, we in the media kind of, well, we didn't know. And you get offensive linemen, sometimes you talk to them, sometimes you don't. We really weren't sure where John Feliciano was going to fit in, in terms of the offensive line. Was he as a starter? Was he a reserve? What side was he going to, whatever. 
but he really has emerged as one of the go-to guys in the locker room, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he is, do you ever do training with, before I ask you any John Feliciano specific questions, how do you, do you do training with them about how to be colorful? Uh, because he, he could just as easily be boring and say, you know, I don't want to have to deal with the media, but I, I seem, he, he makes it a point to be interesting. He's a pretty, uh, and he's, he's genuine about it. Yeah. John is about as real deal as they come as far as, as, as people come, there's no coaching required there. He's going to shoot you straight and he usually does it in a way that's disarming and charming, but also informative. So so he was he was ready to go um, right from the start. I usually just wind him up and let him run. But I do have clients that I have had to sit them down and talk to them a little bit of not not exactly refining their answers, just talking in sound bites. Um, you you know you guys and I live in a world of sound bites. Win sound bites look good on you know sound good on the radio. Sound bites look good in digital. And so it's helping my clients better understand how to formulate their thoughts and get to the point faster. Um, John doesn't really need assistance in that department, but some do. And so when that's needed, I'm I'm more than happy to provide that training. What does a typical day look like for you? Because you've got quite a few clients you're juggling, and I think a lot of people probably don't necessarily, you know, the idea of, Oh, we're you know you're helping out these people with their brands and things like that. A lot of that stuff can be vague to people. What is, and I know every day is probably different, but what is a what what does a typical day look like? Um, so a typical day for me starts usually around seven seven fifteen in the morning, and I think probably like every other red blooded American, um, I don't get out of bed until I do a full sweep of of social media. So. Um, you know, I take a look at all my clients, you know, what did they post overnight? You know, did they post something that maybe I missed during the day, just making sure everybody is kosher and on good footing uh, for the day. Um, if there was something that's questionable or, or something like that, then text messages are usually flying back and forth at that point. But then I go through my Google alerts, make sure everything that's out there on the Internet about my clients is good and on the up and up. Um, and then it's digging into the day, emails, um, responding to reporters, keeping them, um, you know, on time of uh, stories they said they would run or interviews they wanted to do, um, getting into creating social media. So not only do I write stuff for my guys, um, some guys I actually design stuff for them too. So I take a couple hours of my day and actually sit down and do graphic design or if I'm unable, um, I have a team of freelancers that I work with, and so I get them up and running of what they need to do. Um, if a video needs to be created, if we need to be on site to do something, getting that coordinated. Um, and then most of my day is actually spent on the phone and email negotiating things. So whether, um, you know, a, a sporting line wants to have John... Uh, be part of their upcoming campaign. You know, I'm on the line talking about that. You know, I'm always trying to negotiate a bigger, better deal. Um, and sometimes the bigger, better deal isn't money. Sometimes the bigger, better deal is just visibility to elongate um, the visibility for a client. And so it's negotiating that back and forth. Um, and then, you know, there's consultations. I just uh, got finished uh, with a consultation of a former NFL player who's just returned to D.C. 
so talking to them, consulting, and seeing what can be done. But throughout the day, what keeps all of this going and what keeps all of, of this running and me sane is there's a strategic plan. Um, you know, I sit down with every client at the beginning of our time together and say, what are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do? Um, and I stick to that plan. Um, if they, if there's a clothing line, if, you know, in John's uh, respect, gaming. So I'm constantly going back to the strategic plan and make sure that I'm fulfilling for my clients what they said they wanted to do with their brand. So I always have a, a North Star, if you will, that's, that's guiding my efforts every day. But that's kind of a, a hodgepodge of what goes on, but also traveling. Um, you know, I saw getting reporters someone, drunk. Get, getting reporters drunk. I mean, that's a very useful tool in my line of work. Um, you know, but is it as simple as that? Because I think it probably is as simple as that. It, it's, it's for me. Um, I, I I am a professor as well. I guest lecture at multiple universities around the DC area, um, and I tell my students all the time. The secret to my success is I'm not smarter than the average bear. I'm not, you know, I don't have more financial resources. I, you know, I'm not going to be curing AIDS anytime soon. The secret to my success is truly my ability to build and maintain relationships. And sometimes it requires you going out and having a beer and sharing some laughs and Just having a beer. good time. Just one, Just though. One. Just one, just one. And, but no, it's relationship building is what this is all about. It's what any career is all about. Like, you really can cover a lot of sins. Um, and I use the word sins loosely, but you can cover a lot of sins if you have good relationships. And, and you can fall on your face and get back up again if you know the right people to call or have the right people to call. And, and make things happen for you. It truly is not what you know. It's who you know. And whether it's PR or business or professional sports, getting out there and actually shaking those hands and, and building those relationships and just being genuine, just being genuinely likable. And when somebody texts you or calls you and is like, hey, Francis, can you do blah for me? Deliver. Don't ask why. Just deliver because there's going to come a moment when you need to call that person and be like, hey, Tim, can you do blah for me? And and that's just how relationships work. And so it really is that simple. Like, have a beer with somebody, take them to lunch, and but be genuinely interested in who they are and be genuinely interesting as as a person and let the and let the relationship grow. But that truly is the secret to my success. And I love, you know, chatting with you reporters because you always got great insight that I can internalize and turn around and use in constructive ways later on. Um, inside baseball knowledge is never a bad thing. And so, yeah, it really, it really is that simple. We're in conversation with Frances Reimer. She's a sports publicist, uh, and we're here on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Uh, Frances, uh, the, na- the name of her company is Firestarter. She's the CEO but uh, what is the biggest fire you have had to put out? The, what is the biggest fire I've had to put out? Yes. Give us, uh, a, give us a scandal. Feel free to uh, name names or withhold, uh, withhold names to protect the I, guilty. Yeah, I will definitely withhold names. I think, um, and I definitely, uh, this is definitely a situation where I am so glad that nobody was able to catch wind of this. But I one time had to 
bail a client out of jail um, because they were picked up for doing something inappropriate of a sexual nature. <laughs> and, um, and probably for the next 72 hours of my life, after that happened, I don't think I slept. I don't, I don't, I don't even think I went to the bathroom. I was so anxiety filled because it, nobody was catching wind of this. I, it was not being picked up by any reporters and I didn't understand why, um, but it didn't. And, and we were able to kind of move on with our lives without it being detected, um, which was nice. And, and life went on and, and nobody was the wiser, but, that one incident taught me a very important lesson is is representing people who don't put themselves in those kinds of situations. So I learned a lot from, from that client and that incident, but keeping his name out of the paper for something that would have definitely brought a lot of embarrassment to not only him, uh, his family, uh, it, was, it was a very tense time and, and luckily something that I've never had to deal with again. So if any of my clients are listening, please don't do that to me. I think it took like five years off of my life. Not why you get in the business is to keep no. people out of the papers. You're yeah. supposed to get them into the papers. I, it's my it's my job to make them as visible as humanly possible. And so when I have to step in and make them invisible, um, that, that that's counter to every bone in my body. So it's very stressful. You do it because it's part of the job. Um, you know, I take on my clients and, and I love them through the good and the bad, but I, it's a lot more fun to, to work with them when they're doing good than when I have to, um, cover their tracks. Um, that's, that's no fun at all. Francis Reimers, CEO of Firestarter. Uh, thank you for joining us and giving us some insight into your line of work. It's, uh, it's fascinating. And one of the peeling back the curtains that, uh, the fans don't always get to, see or even maybe think about but one of the gatekeepers right here thanks for coming on and telling us about it thanks guys happy holidays happy holidays to you too francis that was francis reimers on the n triple c thunderwolves hotline come be a part of a winning team at niagara county community college she played ball a little bit she could she she didn't have to be as entertaining as she was that's right especially that finishing store. <laughs> I know. I wanted to know who it was. Well, then you don't get as good of a story. That's yeah, right. That's if you want to, if you're deme- if you're going to insist on knowing who it is, then we don't get the story at all. That's my uh, curious nature, I guess. How you dare you? finesse, Bobby. <laughs> you should know that with how you handle those knobs. Oh, yeah. Yo. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, about the Bills at Patriots. We want to do that. We're going to talk about uh, UB versus Canisius and Niagara's down at Bana and yeah. Olean. Allegheny. The big four. All happening tonight. Big we'll four battle royal. That's right. They should play all. Shouldn't it be a doubleheader somewhere? You want to talk about that after the break? Let's do it's that. An old conversation, but we can get back into it. When we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK here on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Radio 1270, The Fan. The Tim Graham Show.
I, uh, I, I totally blew the fast. I, I had not, uh, I forgot, I hadn't eaten today. <laughs> and it just dawned on me while we were talking to Kyle Ocposo that I haven't eaten today. So then Matt Fairburn asks, we didn't do this on the air, did we? Did we do this during no, the commercial so. break? Did you find the fasting supposed to help your mental clarity and focus? That's right. It is? Did you get any of those that's, benefits? That's a fact. Not yet. That's I, a claim. I don't know if it's a fact. That's a <laughs> claim of... It's a fact. So Matt says <laughs> that I'm a half fact. hour away from my 16-hour fast, which is like a big deal, like to get to the 16-hour mark. Mm. And uh, went to get a co- coffee's... There, we're in dispute here. Jonah says coffee is shouldn't be allowed in the fast. Coffee's okay. Matt says it's okay. And this is an accident. Yeah, there's a fast. dispute in the science, I think. So I went and got a coffee, <laughs> and of course, sitting right there on the table are uh, Christmas it. cookies. So there goes the fast. Any good? Yeah, it's going to throw it they out the good. window for you. I... Carbs, sugars. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you broke the fast. Well, with, the, you know, yeah, it would be best. <laughs> it would be better if people put out Christmas ham or Christmas. Kebabs, sure. right, right. Christmas, just meat and vegetables. Yeah, nobody Dieting ever should does be that, a- right? When they bring in free food, it's rarely like, "Hey guys, I brought." Because you're not going to be very popular if you bring in fruit and veggies and healthy things. Dieting should be easy for me because I love vegetables and fruit, so I could eat that all, all the time. And so, I just need to eliminate breads, pizza, things like that, things that have a crust, beer. Beer, yes and liquid no. Liquid bread. Huh? Beer is liquid bread. Come on. <laughs> but it is. Yeah, I get that. No. But beer ha- really. beer has <laughs> very little carbs or doesn't have a lot of sugar it. in it, does it? Light doesn't beer. It depends sugar, on what kind of beer carbs, you drink, has of course. Bread has calories. a lot of sugar. Alcohol itself has calories. Bread's Not calories. a like Bud Light is okay. I think sure, but Bud Light is a hundred calories per glass. But I don't drink it. I don't drink a lot. You just have one or two. So yeah, I just drink. I'm just. I drink in moderation. I drink one or two a week. What about liquor? That doesn't have much of anything. It depends on the kind of liquor. Yeah, that's what I mean. What do you mean liquor doesn't have much of anything? No, I mean like you're not. There's not a lot of carbs in vodka. If right, if any, right? A glass of vodka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right, you're probably if you're, putting soda. In put there. some water. If in you're it. drinking a glass of vodka, you have other health issues. <laughs> That's right. You need to have wine. Wine's good. How many calories are in a handle of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> a handle. We're already out of time on this segment. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. It is. So, uh, what? Are, why don't we get double headers for these games for? When we have Canisius and UB playing tonight, and we have Niagara and St. Bonaventure playing tonight. There's a lot shouldn't of different be, reasons. Shouldn't they be under one roof somewhere? A lot of people have thought that and tried to put that together, and nobody came the last few times. Like There'll be three, 4,000 people at Bonaventure tonight, three, 4,000 people at UB tonight. If they had this game tonight as a doubleheader in the arena or this weekend, there wouldn't be that much more than three, 4,000 people for the collective game. So there's really no... There seems to be a demand, but then when they put the tickets on sale, maybe they're a little too expensive, but there isn't really that draw to get them downtown and have enough people there to make it worthwhile. The teams themselves don't really want to play these games other than Canisius is the only one that's really been willing recently to give up a home game to play down there at the arena. Bonna doesn't want to leave the Riley Center. UB doesn't want to leave uh, Alumni Arena where they play their home games. And Niagara is a little bit ambivalent, but it's kind of a long drive for them. They'd much rather be the visiting team for those games. 
there, there's other ways I think you could put basketball events on at the arena that would draw crowds, but the putting local teams against each other hasn't worked anytime recently. And really, it, it didn't work all that well 25 years ago when they opened the arena. It had its moments, but it was never really a big draw to see the four local teams play in a mini tournament. It is kind of depressing to see when they put events on in the arena that are, it's it's also depressing even when you see high school football at New Era Field to see the things just empty and it's cool for the kids to play on the the NFL stadium turf but yeah I think you have to make the t- the tickets pretty cheap so that people think wow this is a great deal this is a great opportunity to go see this game downtown but what a lot of people will say is I can pay I, mean, I don't know exactly what everybody pays but it might be $25 $30 to go see the game at the arena and 12 15 to see it at Alumni Arena so they think they're getting ripped off a little bit even if it's two games. I do think there's certain games. I thought last year with how the run that UB was on and how they were selling out that building and standing room only every night, and I was thinking, well, now it's time to see if you get the right opponent. Can they draw 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people to a game downtown? I thought maybe you could do that with Bonna. They're playing Bonna at home this year. Maybe you could have moved that game with how good Bonna's been in recent years. But now coming into it, they play that game a week from Monday, if that game was at the arena, I think you might get 5000 but I'm not so sure you'd get more than 6000 or any more than you can squeeze into Alumni Arena, even with the fact that Bonna fans travel very well out of Olean. The definitive word from Jonah Bronstein. Right? But I think there'll be good games tonight. If you do go, I, as much as I'm saying people don't show up, I, I think they should. I think if you – Especially if you're somebody that doesn't go to all the games, but you're like, hey, I am a little bit interested in the local basketball teams. I want to see who's good. These are great opportunities to see them play against each other, and you get to see, uh, you know, UB's pretty good this year. Canisius has a young big man that I've never seen before from the Netherlands, or if you get down in the southern tier, you go to Niagara's won there the last couple of years. Those have been good games. Niagara, I thought, was going to be one of the worst teams in the country. Maybe in the end they will be, but they won two in a row and played pretty tough at Albany so they're playing a little better it'd be interesting to see why and Bonner's won six in a row five in a row they're the best team in the big four right now all right when we get back we're going to talk about Bills at Patriots we'll maybe get back into handicapping those matchups a little bit too maybe we'll get into that with uh, Jenna Harner because she's from the Bahamas Bowl will be on the line and uh, she covers UB basketball she covers college hoops maybe you guys can Chop it up. Dish. Yeah. Give us some insights. Maybe. That, that's quite a tease you got there. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we got more. Lots, lots more. Especially if you're hankering for some Bills at Patriots philosophical talk on the Tim Graham Show. Brought to you by Shampoo Travis B. Son Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. Right cheer on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. Sports writer Tim Graham, who interviewed the Duggernaut. This is historic, Tim. Hey, let's not fake a newcomer. If you welcome to the Tim Graham Show. The Tim Graham Show. This is Sports Radio 1270. Just not hitting the hole. The fan. I know I'm gonna get pimped. I love sausage. Shocking, dizzying. 
How did this happen? When I bring the lumber, it was all about the hole. I diddled uh, some pole uh, over the weekend. Right. Not me so honia. I did have an accident with a menorah Here we go. On Twitter at 1270, a fan. Wet mall. Taking your calls at 270 1270. What's up, baby? How you doing? Here we go. This is the Tim Graham Show. When's the last time you read the New Testament, huh? I'm trying to put my junk back in place. You're one of the guys I'm following on Twitter, you know. Well, I like this guy, uh, Tim Graham. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I do love my intro. Bobby does an awesome job with the intro, and we've heard it I don't know how many times. We hear it at the top of the hour, each show. And Matt and I turn and look at each other, and we kind of crack up on half of them. I mean, you got Rodak in there saying some really stupid stuff. You got Jonah in there saying some stupid stuff. You got Chris Baker saying some stupid stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. saying stupid. I don't think Matt. Are you in there, Matt? Yeah. Balls. Um, the wet, wet ball balls. drill. Wet ball. Wet balls. That's you? Okay. <laughs> we should have a like a quiz so we can run through and see yeah, if we can remember. It? And what, what what we were really saying. Because oh. most of it's taken out of context. Yeah. That's the Gronk saying to put my junk back in place was not taken oh, out of yeah. context. He was Gronk actually talking what about. gets me every time. Right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great day on the show. Rodak asking when the last time I read the New Testament is, and uh, and Bobby going right. And I say something, and Bobby's just like, oh, the "Yeah, pole. right, yeah, <laughs> pole over the weekend." Yeah, <laughs> I diddled some pole over the weekend, and Bobby goes right. Like, of course, like that's that's what you do. Here with Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic, Jonah Bronstein of uh, the Bronstein Firm, and Bobby Rosati uh, producing this show. Uh, one of my, uh, you don't see it that much because people don't, in fact, I asked Frances Reimers earlier today if we want, if she wanted us to call her landline for the interview. And she said, I haven't had a landline since 99, I think is what the the year was. And I was like, wow, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> I, I've had a, I had a landline until about 2008 or 2009, but a lot of people, it's pretty common. My mother, my 74. Six-year-old mother, seventy-five, uh, doesn't have a landline anymore. Which you know, so that's how old-fashioned these yeah, things are. But one of my pet peeves, back from when I worked in the office, a- any office, was the um, the cord on a phone. If you're not talking about a remote control phone, right. makes these yet more obscure. Gets twisted up. It gets tangled to the point where you go to answer the phone and it takes, it pulls the phone with you. Can't oh, yeah. pull it. So I've dropped it many times. For the folks watching on Periscope, I'm going to demonstrate. The guys here in the room, Bobby, Matt, and Jonah, don't know how to untangle a phone cord. I'm going to show as a tutorial. What you do is you unplug it from the side there. Well, now and what if Frank and Williamsville calls? If, if Frank <laughs> the phone and, literally just started. Look, <laughs> the phone's ringing right now. Can, can you do it without? Did I unplug it? <laughs> Oh geez. Well, I got to play. Hang do on we, a second. We want to answer. Can we answer and then I'll do it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Let's see if this is Frank. Tim Graham show. I'm about to do like That'll a Mister unca- Science. If it's Frank, that's going to be uncanny. It is. Is this Frank? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> lord. As <laughs> soon as I, I unplugged the phone at the exact moment you called in, yeah, I was about exact. to do a demonstration. Frank, you know what I'm talking about, right? You've had one of these phones before. Do, do we actually have a second phone call coming in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah what? What is this? 
All right, Frank, hang on a second. We got to put you on hold. We got to see what this other call is. We have a we have a switchboard situation here. All right, who's the second call? Who's this? Who are you? What do you want? This is Bob in the town of Brant. Bob and Brant. What do you want to talk about, Bob? Hang and hang on, uh, hang on a second there. Uh, yeah, do we have three way calling? Yeah, can we can we put everybody on the line yeah. at the same time? Yeah, hold on. Bob and Brant. All right, we have Frank yeah, in Williamsville. Called, Bob and Brant. Now, hang on a second. This You're all the party line. That's right. This is right. Well, this is yet another telephonic telephonic technology. I'd need to explain regarding the party line. All right, so uh, we'll take you in the order you called in. Uh, Frank, your topic? Well, actually, I was going to say I will defer to Bob and Brent. All right, Bob and Brent. Okay, uh, you're going to defer to the second half? Okay, Bob and Brent, uh, what do you got for us? Fred Smarless, what do you think about him, former Bill, former Patriot? Who do you think he's rooting for, and what is his analysis of Saturday's contest? I see what you're saying. Okay, when you first mentioned Fred's, because Fred does do Patriots radio, and he's from uh, Massachusetts, but is known as a Bill and is on the Bills Wall of Fame. But when you, Bob, when you mentioned Fred Smurless, what do you think? I'm like, for what? For the Hall of Fame? <laughs> what the hell kind of question? Is, where is this coming from? He's All right, probably, this is this is. Against- He's probably against the impeachment. We're not going to talk politics anyways. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to talk politics. But this is only mildly more interesting than me untangling the cord online. Bob and Brandt, I think, do I do I recognize Bob and Brandt's voice? Bob, do we know each other? No, not, not that I'm aware of. Have you ever been out here for the potato farm? <laughs> My great uncle had the potato farm. And one of my neighbors is a Chevetta. Chevetta's chicken. You ever have that chicken barbecue? <laughs> is this a put on? What is happening? So, so listen, is- what happened is when I worked at the office, I used to work Tuesday through Friday downtown. The one lady's responsibility when she cleaned the office is when she called, she used to take the phone and hang it over the door for everyone. But she always had a little bit of wine, and then she forgot to hook them back up. We'd all come back in the office on Monday. All our phones would be hanging off the doors. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like mom used to hang the bras over the uh, shower uh, rod, right, to dry out, because you can't put them in the dryer, you know. It's got two loops, two cups. It's a pretty simple uh, piece of clothing. <laughs> no, instead there's a pole. I, I think I know what's going on here, but I don't want to ruin it. Very I, good. This can't be. Where's this, the other guy? Which, which other? Oh, Frank. Frank in Williamsville. Frank, uh, what are your thoughts on Fred Smurless uh, and who he should be rooting for this weekend? Fred Smurless is a big, hairy man. Yes, that's fact. Um, of course, he should be rooting for the Patriots because he, he speaks like he's from that area. That's true. He's there, too, right? But here, all right, let's, let's have this conversation. Let's, let's make this all-encompassing. Let's see how skillful I am at turning this into one conversation. Uh, we were going to discuss whether or not the Bills should want to win on Sunday. Now, of course, the players are going to want to win the game, but from a standpoint of getting rested up for the playoffs, if they win on Sunday, then they cannot afford to rest their players in the finale because they have a chance to win the division. If they lose in Foxborough, then they're eliminated from the division and can afford to rest their guys. So a loss actually gives them... Uh, some breathing room between the Patriots game, which is a Saturday game too, by the way, so yet one extra day of rest, uh, and uh, the playoffs beginning. However, 
There are other things like a symbolic victory in Foxborough and what that might right. do for the team. Maybe pushing Tom Brady one step closer to at least contemplating retirement. If he says, man, changing of the guard, eh, maybe it's uh, maybe this dynasty's uh, run its course if the Bills have now caught up to us. Uh, so where are we, guys? And what should Fred Smurlis want? I don't like taking a day off in, in football. It's all different. I mean, there's only one game a week. It's a physical game, you know? You're hitting people, and I don't know if you can hit somebody half speed. You know what I'm saying? Plus the fact that I really think they can beat New England. It would be great for their ego, their, their, you know, for their attitude if they do. Um, I, I, you know, the way they beat Pittsburgh, we never used to win in Pittsburgh, ever. So we never win in New England. This is the time to show that things have changed. I think it's to keep the mojo going. Go ahead, Bob and Brant. Yeah, well, listen, the one time, Smurlis, I saw him at Ilio de Paulo's. He had two pieces of lasagna, three meatballs, two of the boiled eggs that they put in the grandma sauce, and then he had a piece of pie for dessert. And I'm thinking, holy cow, this guy doesn't want to be a pro football player. He wants to be a pro wrestler. Uh, Bills are going to win 18 to 12. All right, Bob and Brant. Oh, go ahead, Frank. We need a, we're going to need it. If this is going to be a prediction segment, we're going to need yours now. First of all, I can't compete with this guy, Bob. Absolutely yeah. not. You, you've you've been usurped uh, as as the greatest caller of the Tim Graham show. You're gonna have to no, you're no. gonna have to come guns a blazing. Yeah. But next segment though, you you have a, you have the open invitation to call in in any segment, Frank. Can I hang in through the? Can I hang on through the segment? Are you me? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, we're not out of time. I'm just no. saying in general. Right. You say you can't. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. I, I okay. think uh, I think Bob has established a new standard. Yeah, I gotta let you go, guys. This is starting to feel like a morning zoo show, and the thing is, it's five in the p.m. and I've already been into the sauce, so I don't know what's going on here. I'll take care, as they like to say in the radio world. I'm out. <laughs> the pressure is the pressure is off. <laughs> All right, wow. Frank. What do you got? About, what are your thoughts then on uh, on this game in general? Do you think this is uh, could be a symbolic uh, day for the for the Bills? Yeah, I do. It, they put a a nice beat down on him, like, I don't know, 21 to 10, which I'll call, I call. And um, Allen continues to do well in the, on the road and in tough places. I think it's, it's just it's better for the process of continuing, I would say. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to be uh, to be said for that. They're 6-1 and one right now on the road. They have only uh, maxed out at six road wins, although one year uh, in the AFL they were 6-1 and one on the road during a 14-game schedule, so they would not have had a chance to win that seventh game. But uh, I think only three other times in Bill's history have they been 6-1 and one on the road. They've never won seven games on the road. So, yeah, building your identity, uh, building uh, up your expectations or meeting uh, – you're setting a standard like Bob and Brant just did. You're right. Let me tell you two things real quick. One, one serious thing on Black Poso. That interview was great. That guy sounds extremely smart. Um, what he had to say about the relationships, and he talked about the cop that got hit with a beer bottle. He said, "He said like all the relationships I have are really important, even the ones that are just for for um, a minute or two. I mean, that's that's some kind of realization. I tell you, I was really impressed with what I had to say." Yeah, he's uh, he was a treat for me to interview. It was, and I said it during that segment. I, I've said it a, a hundred times, but it was an honor for him to uh, allow me to tell his story, and I've uh, I've really uh, been grateful for that. Let me say one other thing real quick. Is, um, my grandmother used to work for the phone company. She worked for AT and T. She was she used to connect people through. 
like you would call up and like you ever see any old TV shows? They're like, "Me, Ben, there's three, two, one, or whatever." Yeah, you know? yeah. operator. And they, would, they would connect you through this, and my grandmother did. Wow. On the switchboard. Yeah, I don't know that those exist anymore. Work the switchboard. No, I don't think so. Although I do have a landline in my house with a black phone. It was old black phones, weighed about a hundred pounds. Oh, I like those. Mo- a wall mount. No, it's on a, it's a desk, you know, top of a desk. Oh, see, so it's at least a little. Uh, it's nouveau for. Uh... Little as bit, far yeah, as little. as far as landlines go, it's not an Andy Griffith phone on the. <laughs> yeah, on the you don't wall. need to get Sarah and Mount to get you to Mount <laughs> Pilot. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, oh, on the pole up out in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my mother lived in Amish country up until just a few months ago, and they did have that. You could hear it ringing. They ha- they were allowed to have a phone as <laughs> long as it wasn't in the house. So it was like it was just like Green Acres. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the way that they got around the. Uh, the uh, the rule. the laws I guess the the religious laws is they could have a phone just as long as it wasn't in the house <laughs> so they had this really loud bell that would go off like to, that. to let them know that oh I gotta go outside and answer the phone hey Fr- Tim I don't yeah know, I don't know if you're much on baseball or not but that's really my but I'm wondering if you ever have a conversation about like the Angels they got three guys now that, that they're they're paying like 33 percent of their payroll to with Albert Bell, Rendon, and uh, Mike Trout. I mean, the, the money these guys are throwing at these... these Pujols, right? Albert Pujols? <laughs> yeah, Pujols, um, Trout, and right. And I don't know if they're going to be any closer to being better than they were last year. They haven't been pitching yet. No, I we mean, do baseball shows, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely be getting into that. Uh, I'm a huge Trout guy, so I think he's worth whatever you, you throw at him. But yeah, Pujols, I, I'm sure they could do without. Uh, his, you're oh. not getting much on the return for Albert Pujols these days. Well, if you look at all the, com- the clubs with dead money for guys that they're paying millions to, I mean, that'd be an interesting um, article to write or stat to see. Just like who's got, who's got the most dead money? I think the, they're still paying Bobby Bonilla um, from uh, which the Mets are. Yeah, that's one of my favorite annual stories is when uh, Bobby Bonilla gets his big payment. Although I think it's almost done. I think it might be over. Yeah, what's what's happening? We're having phone issues. Now we're having phone issues. We've cur- I've cursed the phones by bringing up landlines. But we experienced a party line. We're hearing the beeps. We're talking landline. <laughs> there, if there, there's a certain segment of, of listener right now that has no idea what we're talking about. Rotary dial. We, we didn't even get into that. Yeah, the fire flamethrower has no idea what we're talking about. That's right. Hey, Frank, thanks for calling in, as Take always. Yeah. So you were saying. Oh, I still have to do the phone thing. Okay, so yeah, so if you're watching, people on Periscope is there somebody else calling in? What is happening? I just, I just wanted to do the thing with the phone. All you had to do was unplug it and and not plug it back you in. Ruined it. That was it. Yeah. All right. So let's see. So if you're watching on Periscope, so this is what you do. You unplug it. Nobody's from the watching side. It anymore. Absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, zero. No. No I viewers. Just said, I just said Hold that. it this way, and you just let it. Dangle and the thing twists. It's untwist. It's uncoiling itself. Oh, sure it is. Well, this part doesn't go. This is permanent. Well, that that looks pretty coiled to me. See, and then it's done. Yep. Well, you wait for it to stop spinning, and once it stops spinning, now you're back to a regular cord. That's like what your spine does when you fast for sixteen hours. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right. All right. Something like that. So one trip to the so much for my little like stunt. But it turned into one of my more, uh, that might be one of my favorite segments ever on the show. Oh, yeah, that's getting clipped. I hope Bob and Brant calls in. Uh, I, Frank, I want to hear from Frank every week. 
I want to hear from now. I want to hear from uh, Bob from Brant also. It's, you just start stacking collars on collars, and pretty soon the phone lines are going to be jammed up every yeah. week. That's fine. We don't even give out the number. That's why we just <laughs> we have our callers that we like to hear from. Yeah. We don't we don't need the any. regulars. If right. you don't know the number, we don't want you calling. Basically, well, I hope Bob and Bob and Frank both become uh, regulars. All right. When we come back, we're going to have Jenna Harner on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline to talk about the Bahamas Bowl, UB football going up against. Uh, I don't know. She'll tell us uh, on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK on Sports Radio twelve seventy The Fan. Whether or not there are words or not. <laughs> Sports Radio 1270. The Doug or not. The Fan. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis Besaw and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants, here on Sports Radio 1270. The Fan, here in studio with Jonah Bronstein of the Bronstein Firm. Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic, Bobby Rosati on the on the phones today, like like no previous show. Yeah. Well, I mean we've we've had them we haven't had in. we haven't had calls like that. Not like that, no. Nor a two two liner. A that twofer. was cool. We had a twofer and uh, a couple of gems. We had a uh, landline discussion. <laughs> we had a Sarah uh, getting us a uh, Mount Pilot reference. Yeah. <laughs> Green Acres party line. So we might as well go long distance all the way to the Bahamas where Channel 4's Jenna Harner is reporting on the Bahamas Bowl between the University of Buffalo and the Charlotte 49ers. Jenna, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. How's it going? It's going great. And by the way, I should uh, I need to mention that Jenna is joining us on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. So uh, I hope you feel <laughs> extra honored about that, Jenna. How has this assignment you you should be? How has this assignment been for you? Because it's uh, clearly different than anything uh, even a veteran sports journalist would uh, would have a chance to do. I seriously still don't have words for how amazing this is, and it's still so surreal. Like we've been talking to the guys for the last couple days, and they're all like, "Yeah, it really hasn't hit us." And I was like, "Yeah, no, me too. It's exactly the same way. It is." my gosh it is beyond gorgeous down here the people are so friendly the hospitality like i could go on and on about how awesome of an experience this has been and we've been here for two days one of my uh one of the questions that i've seen in in coverage i've been reading about it in the in the paper and i went to the website i've been watching on channel four but i haven't seen an answer to this question how in let let's say the second quarter or so how are how do they keep the white lines uh from um, shifting on the beach when the players run through the sand? How are they going to know whether or not they're inbounds or or how much they need for a first down? I think we're going to need, like, the, um, the oh my gosh, Chiron lines that NBC has. We just need those or CBS or whatever broadcast we got. I think we need, like, the yellow lines just, like, radiated down. Maybe some lasers that would kind of work, maybe? Yeah, well, it's the first game, the first NCAA bowl game that will ever be played without cleats in in the first barefoot bowl game. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, What does 
big secret. Does does UB think it it has adjusted to uh, to playing barefoot? Yes, I think a lot of guys have been working their hardest. You know, a lot of them were telling me about the calluses they've developed over the last couple of days, but they've you know they're prepared. They're ready to go. They think that they can beat this Charlotte team in the barefoot battle at the beach, and you know. <laughs> Take home, take home a trophy. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, uh, what um, what are you most looking forward to uh, from a game standpoint? Uh, all the the crashing surf and clear waters and uh, all inclusive resort and uh, lazy rivers and uh, water slides aside. Uh, what about the the actual ball game? I was say you want to keep that list going because there's a lot. Um, no, I think it's just going to be a really interesting matchup on the ground. Both of these teams are really solid when it comes to the run game. I mean, obviously we've seen what UB's been able to do with Jarrett Patterson, with Kevin Marks. I mean, those guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Patterson has, I believe, the numbers 11 touchdowns in the last two games, which seems just absolutely outrageous. He got points for the Heisman Trophy. Both of them. (laughs) I did see that. Um, so he's, I mean, he's been fantastic. Both of them. It's kind of like that one, two punch. Um, but Charlotte's also got a really good running back too, Benny LeMay and their quarterback's pretty versatile. He's kind of a threat on the ground as part of the run game as well. We talked to Lance Leipold about that today and he said, you know, he's a quarterback. We really haven't seen a style like that this season. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. But I mean, there's a reason that UB's, uh, top in the Mac when it comes to, um, rush defense and rush yards per game. Jenny, you covered UB last year in Mobile when they had the lead in that game against Troy and then they gave it away. Do you sense anything different about this team's approach? Uh, They're coming in, they've won more games down the stretch than last year's team, which had lost two or three. Do you feel that there is any difference in the way they're coming into this game than they were a year ago? It's funny because last year's, I think they're two, I mean, obviously they're two very, very different teams. but I think there's just this sense of confidence among the guys. And it's funny because it's not, I don't know, everybody always talks about, you know, confidence versus cockiness and, you know, roll your eyes at that. I always do. But um, this UB team, you know, they've dealt with so much adversity this season that they're sitting there and you can kind of just see they're, you know, super excited to be here. But practice mode today, they were in full practice mode. They were like, you know, we, we have business to do here. We want this bowl game. They're incredibly hungry. And again, not to say that last year's team wasn't, but just the fact that, you can just sense such a sense of determination among these guys. I mean, they want this win. They're very, very hungry for this win. And it's interesting kind of talking to the team a little bit because this is Charlotte's first year. This is, you know, their under or first year in a bowl game, um, their first year head coach. Um, they were picked to finish last in Conference USA, and they won five straight and, you know, made it here. Um, but you can kind of sense that, you know, UB's seeing that they're kind of, that Charlotte is just excited to be here and UB's like, no, 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 like we're here to win this game. We want that. So it's an interesting dynamic. That's for sure. UB's favored by six and a half, which is, that's kind of a big number for a neutral site game. Uh, Yeah. On the Charlotte side, uh, being that it's national signing day in football, they have two players from Western New York. I saw you caught up with at least one of them yesterday. Uh, Can you tell me about who they are and you know what they mean to that Charlotte team? Yeah, no, it was awesome. We caught up with um, Tommy Doctor and Tyler Ringwood yesterday. Um, 
Tommy Doctor was a Grand Island kid, I believe. It was really funny, kind of, you know, doing your research and stuff like that. But I got there, and they are like, oh, yeah, no, we have two local Buffalo kids. I was like, this is awesome. So, um, I mean, they're just so excited to have this opportunity. Both of them were kind of, you know, saying how awesome it was and, you know, how happy they are with what this program's been able to do and, you know, how cool it is to kind of face their hometown team. And uh, Tommy was telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, got a ton of text messages from, you know, family and friends because he's like pretty much everybody I know went to UB. Um, so, you know, as soon as they found out we were playing, they were playing us, so, you know, people started giving me a lot of stuff. And I was, um, apparently uh, Tyler actually knows a couple guys on UB, so he was telling me too, you know, yeah, there's a lot of trash talk that's been going on. And I was like, oh, you know, all in good fun, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, all in good fun. He's like, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who's talking trash, you know, when the, when the clock strikes zero on Friday. Tom Doctor's father and his uncle Sean both spent a little bit of time with the Bills late 80s. Do you remember them, Tim? No, not at all. I think they were more training camp body type guys, but they both had cups of coffee with the Bills. No, I was still too focused on Bernie Kosar and the Cleveland Browns at that point. I didn't. I barely knew the Bills existed until about, I guess, about 89. Tom Doctor played football 89. for Canisius. Oh, Doctor. Jenna, what do you make? It was funny. I was asking. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Jenna, I was going to ask you um, what I you was... make of Kevin Marks. You know, a lot of talk about Jarrett Patterson. You mentioned he's got, you know, what, 11 touchdowns in his last two games. He's getting Heisman votes. I mean, but Kevin Marks, he's probably equally fun to watch. What's he like as a guy? What does he mean to that team? Oh, my gosh. I mean, both of those guys are so fun to watch. And I think, you know, there's such they both obviously are both running backs, but they do have that like little bit of a different style. Um, and Jarrett, you know, has the shiftiness, whereas Kevin has a lot of strength. Again, not saying that both of them don't have either of those things, but um, like there's just been touchdowns this season where you see Kevin Marks go in through the line and then just I mean the offensive line helps too, but just like muscle his way five, six, seven yards. I think it was the Eastern Michigan game with a terrible, terrible gray field. Um, that it was just. The, the whole pile moved like seven yards, and Kevin Marks is just like pushing and like grinding his way through it. I mean, both of those guys are some of the nicest guys, too. They're always so, you know, great when we talk to them, you know, consistently at practice and things like that. But, I mean, they just got – they have so much talent. And then you kind of have to step back and realize how young these guys are, too. And, you know, they still got a couple more years here. Um, and, I mean, they both kind of bring that one-two punch. It's so hard to – I can't imagine what it's like for other teams game planning for both of these guys, knowing that this team has two 1,000-yard rushers. And I believe, at least at the end of the regular season, they were the um, was the only school to have two 1,000-yard rushers on the season, which is just an incredible feat in itself. Well, Jenna, thanks for joining us. I should be say that I'm grateful that you took some time away from doing any number of things that would have been more interesting than this down at uh, the Atlantis <laughs> Resort or on, on Bahamas. Um, what is the most exciting non-bowl-related thing you've done since you've been down there? Oh, the most exciting. I'm. This is going to sound kind of lame, but I'm just a big beach person, so being on the beach and going in the ocean yesterday for me, I was like, this is, this is all I need in my life right now. Um, but the water slide, the... You go, it's like a, the one you, everybody sees in all the commercials, the super tall white one, and you go through the shark tank and all that. That's on my itinerary for tomorrow when we get some downtime. So that'll be, that'll be on the list for sure. 
Well, I'm sure Channel 4 is impressed with the way you're spending the company money down there. And uh, you're, you're down there and you're producing. You're not just treating it like some vacation, as far as anybody would know. So uh, thanks for uh, coming on the Tim Graham Show and being on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right. That was Jenna Harner from Channel 4 on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Come be a part of a winning team at Niagara County Community College. That was, uh, I, it feels a little warmer here in the studio. We'll never know what I'm, she was going to say before I cut her off. I'm going to have to knock my shoe, knock all the sand out of my shoes before I leave the studio. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, that's, it feels good. It must be nice. When we come back, Joel Staniszewski is going to be on the line from Vegas to talk Bills at Patriots, to give his thoughts at what he would like to see as a fan. Nailed it again last week. He's on a heater with the Bills. He is not messing around. And it kind of we'll see if he's off of last week's opinion where he said he's to a point where anytime the Bills are getting points, you take them. That's true. Right? And this is a lot of points. This seems getting. to be a lot of points in a game between two good defenses, two iffy offenses. Borderline lousy New England offense. But why Why should we guess what Joel Staniszewski's going to say right. when we can just ask him? Well, we can tease it. We in can, a couple of minutes. Yeah. When we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Working on wet ball drills. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. Well, what's the uh, the time period for when you can watch that on? Now on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Tune in radio at sportsradio1270.com. And on the fans app. Your wife will never know. Buffalo to Las Vegas. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's not supposed Misfire. to come through. <laughs> Don't want that. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis Bisaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. You know what? Let's just go ahead and fire up that NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Let's do it. From Buffalo to Las Vegas, Joel the Bills make me wanna Everyone who hates Tom Brady hates Tom Brady because he, he's not on there. Tomorrow is my birthday. <laughs> but I mean, this is just awesome. I mean, the excitement that's around the, the, the city of it. It's more like a royal flash. The hottest Bills handicapper in the land. Joel Staniszewski joining us right now on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Joel, you nailed another one last week. Yeah, I hope you played those picks I texted you, uh, hypothetically speaking, for entertainment purposes, of course. Uh, you do? But, uh, combined, uh, yeah, combined, what What were they, four picks? It was three and one. They were, I think, three and one, yeah. Miami one was oh, no good. That, the problem was... Philly got a, a an interesting cover. The problem was is that Matthew Fairburn theoretically put him in a parlay. Oh. And, and I forget, which one let me down? It was Miami. No, I didn't, I didn't play Miami. That one didn't look right to me. I'm trying to remember. Something else let me down. Oh, I picked the Chicago Bears and Packers over, which wasn't part of your advice, and so I screwed oh, it up for my own Oh, you screwed yourself self. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. I didn't. It happened. Well, Joel Staniszewski is warm, and uh, last week we talked about uh, you getting to a place, Joel, where anytime the Bills are getting points, 
you think uh, that uh, they should be taken. And it, as Matt pointed out right before the break, it seems like six is a lot. It is. Um, you'll find uh, six and a half everywhere in town right now. And uh, it's, a, it's probably about a point to a point and a half too high. Uh, and, and much like Pittsburgh and Dallas, you're, you're getting that extra value on the plus of Buffalo because of who they're playing and the popularity of the team. Now this week, you're, you're basing it off of 15 plus years of uh, Tom Brady beating us anywhere we play. Uh, so, you know, Tom Brady's not having the, the year that he's, he's had in the past. Uh, the team as a whole um, has gotten worse since we played them last, and the Bills have gotten better since we played the Patriots last. Um, so if, if you're looking at a value play, yes, uh, the Bills plus 6.5 is, is, is definitely the right, the right side to take. What what concerns you other than just the scars on your Buffalo Bills fans' soul that New England doesn't lose these games and often wins them in routes? Other than that, what from your handicapping research would give you pause regarding the Bills Saturday in Foxborough? So if you look at the numbers, um, since the Bills have the first uh, seven games that the Patriots played this season, they allowed under seven points. Uh, the Bills averaged giving up 17 points. In the last, last seven games, Patriots are now giving up 19 points a game. The, bait, uh, the Bills are giving up only 14. So our defense is getting, getting better. Uh, theirs is getting worse. If you, look at, if you look at the game when we lost to them, um, you know, a block punt, uh, Josh Allen turning the ball over a bunch was absolutely the downfall of the Bills that game. Uh, so you look at this game coming up, Josh Allen is playing a lot smarter with the football. Bills are playing better on defense. Uh, the, I think the scariest thing is just Bilicek and, and Brady versus the Bills. I mean, the, there's, you can look at the Bills and say they're much better this year than they've been in, in many seasons past, but the fact remains is the Bills are going to Gillette Stadium, and that's just a recipe for a loss. Joel, I'm not, I'm not sure if we've talked about this perhaps at some point before the season, but what, if any, um, action did you get on the the Bills over-under, the Bills in the playoffs, and, and what have you seen happen to the Bills' Super Bowl line here as we've gotten closer? Uh, so I, when the Bills uh, – sorry, when the Jets signed um, – uh, what's his name – uh, Le'Veon Bell, and when the Browns traded for uh, Odell Beckham, those odds both went up to fifteen to one. And when you adjust odds up, somebody's got to go down. So at that point, I bet the Bills at one twenty-five to one to win the Super Bowl. And now, and 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 I've told everybody that what I, I bet. What's that, Joel? Now, now, let's not get too excited. That's what I would have said at the time. <laughs> right. I bet it as a I bet it every year. So I bet it every oh, okay. year to win enough money that if the Bills win the Super Bowl, I'm flying on a private jet back to Buffalo for the parade and then flying back the next day on a private jet. So whatever that costs, ten grand. And 
And Joe, grand. I can also I can understand that from your line of work to and to be such a super fan that you are to have not bet on the Bills the year that they do win the Super Bowl would be a kick in the nuts. Uh, financially, sure, but emotionally, it doesn't matter. Maybe he's jinxing him. Oh, maybe you <laughs> keep. Maybe that I'm bet, the. Right? I am the jinx. I've been betting it every day, every year since uh, 1990. Did you hammer the over too? At least because that one probably cash. No, I did. I'm not. Already. I'm not much of of a win totals guy. Um, with the with the betting to win the Super Bowl, you bet a hundred dollars and you're and you're living the sweet life. You know, you bet a hundred dollars on on the over under. You're gonna get at most what even money. So to me, it's just not worth it to, to hang up money for months at a time to maybe win a hundred dollars. To me, it's not worth it. So I think I broke your train of thought there when I uh, you were saying uh, the different wagers that you made before the season. That was mainly I just bet the, bet the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. So I, right. I bet that every year, and one of these years I'm going to cash it or die trying. What do you think about pulling punches and uh, the Bills heading into this game? We've been talking about it throughout the show. Uh, if they win it, then they probably don't rest against the Jets. If they lose, then they know they don't have to worry about the division and would rest probably against the Jets. Um, is Should there be anything in the back of a better's mind about the Bills not wanting to show too much for whoever their first-round opponent is? Maybe they go into this game not not fully trying to win it, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's even if the Bills win the next two games, they still only have something like a 12% chance of winning the division. So you have to guess that they're going to be traveling to Houston. As of right now, it's like a 75% probability that they're going to be playing in Houston for the for the wild card game. And yeah, stranger things have happened. So I'm not going to say it's not possible, but statistically speaking, they already know where they're going. Um, and the last thing you want to do as a coach or as a team is go against the Jets for a game that doesn't mean anything really um, and get banged up and get somebody injured and then get out in the first round of the playoffs. I, I mean, I can't even, I can't even remember a time that the bills were as healthy as they are this year, knock on wood. So that's, um, you know, you want to keep that going. You don't want to give anybody that advantage that we've had against other teams where they've had their star players or role players injured. So, you know, you want to win the division. That's number one. You want to get that first round by. You want to, you know, enjoy all that stuff. But you also have to prepare for what is most likely the inevitable. And I know that they say coaches say they don't watch the scoreboard and don't look at other scores of what's going on. But whether we win next week or not, if you see the Patriots are up at halftime by 30, you have to know, like, someone's got to tell you, like, hey, sit the starters, keep them healthy, let's get ready for the playoffs. And, and see where it goes. Um, you know, you don't want to see any any Josh Allen injuries or, or John Brown injuries or Singletary injuries. You want to keep everybody as healthy as possible and and prepare for the playoffs. So that's what the whole point is: is to get to the playoffs. And that's when you that's the best time to get hot. The Bills are getting hot as the season's going on. We're playing more complete games, and teams like the Patriots and the Chiefs. Uh, are not playing as well as they did in the beginning of the season, and that's that's what you want. You want to get hot at the end of the season. Just look at the when the uh, Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 
they got hot at the end of the season, made, barely made it into the playoffs as a wild card, and just went, went out from there. That's when you want to get hot. You don't care if you start out 10-0 and or 11-0 and or 12-0. and You want to get hot as the season goes on. If you look at teams like the Saints and the 49ers, they started out great, and they've, they've had their ups and their downs, but they're more down right now than they were at the beginning of the season, much like the Patriots. They were, they were great at the beginning of the season, and they've started to tail off. Their defense is not as good. Brady's not showing as much as he has in previous years. So that, this is when you want to get hot, is at the end of the season and when the playoffs start. The total right now is 37-and-a-half. Uh, that seems like a lot of points based on what we've seen out of the Bills recently and the fact that you have two really good defenses going up against each other. Um, am I reading that right? Yeah, and weather is a, is a huge thing as well. When you're looking at these end-of-the-season games and you're looking at these uh, Boston areas and Buffaloes and Pittsburghs and Clevelands, the weather is going gonna, is gonna to have a big uh, effect on the game. So uh, running the ball, you're going to be running the ball more often, which means the clock's going to be running more. Uh, you know, you're not going to be trying these huge long passes. You're not going to get these huge scores. Like I said last week, the only thing that would, would lead me to not bet an under right now would be uh, defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns, which are quick and painful when you're betting the under. So uh, if, if we stay smart with the football and don't turn it over like we have been recently, and the same for the Patriots, yeah, it definitely seems like it's an under game. Well, Joel, next week is uh, Christmas uh, for the show, so uh, we will not be on the air. So in from that respect, I hope that the Bills – are resting and it is a garbage game and we don't uh, uh, fail our listeners by not giving you your th- giving the thoughts on the Jets game but uh, I'm guessing I could at least tweet it out to, to those who are curious I, I'm sure that you'll be happy to slip me a slip me an opinion uh, on Christmas Eve sure of course all right we can't leave everybody hanging as we've gone we've gone 17 weeks already or 16, on this heater. 16 weeks yeah well, absolutely yeah and I and I hear that there's a, a Sportsbook now in uh, Niagara Falls. It's open, and downtown Buffalo. Yeah, there's sportsbooks here. I wonder why I didn't get my invitation from the sportsbook to be there to cut the ribbon and lay some lay some bets. Yeah, jeez. Because I'm ready to go. You you raise a good point. You should be. You're <laughs> a you're a Western New York gambling celebrity, and you deserve more than you're getting. Uh, you know, I, I got to talk to somebody. I got. You a need to be on Twitter. Is part of your problem. You need to be on Twitter. I'm not that hip. All right, <laughs> Twitter's not cool anymore. But I got a couple of I got a couple of good ones I can uh, text you later if you're going to be heading down to downtown Buffalo. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, oh, I might no. have to if you've got some good ones. Yeah, oh, if you got oh, some geez. good ones. Yes. I mean, well, why? You know, we could share them with everybody, right? This is yeah, yeah. yeah now that it's legal yeah. to go downtown Buffalo. Yeah. What, what do you got? What do you What do you uh, got? The teams that I like: um, Tampa, Denver, Miami, Seattle, and Chicago. A that's of, a lot of games. That's yeah, a lot of action. Two, three, four. It's five games. Yeah, it's a lot of action all day. All right. Matt's typing like the them bills, out. Take them on, if you Wait, like give the them bills, to take them on the money line. Give them to plus, us one more time. Sure. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, plus three. Denver, if you can get minus six and a half. Uh, Miami, minus one. You can even get a pick in town. Uh, Seattle, minus nine and a half. Chicago plus six. All right. Chalk it up when it, it comes is. to Joel Staniszewski. Yeah. Joel, thanks for joining us as always. And uh, happy right. holidays. We'll catch you in uh, two weeks. 
right, take care, guys. All right, Thanks, that Joel. was Joel Stanishevsky on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Come be a part of a winning team at Niagara County Community College. A lot of thank yous to go around today. Uh, I'll just go in order. Kyle Ocposo for joining us uh, at the top of the show to talk about what's been going on with the Sabres and, more importantly, what's been going on with him and his health and where he is uh, after he's coming back from his uh, fourth concussion as a member of the Buffalo Sabres. Frances Reimer, sports publicist. She's the CEO of Firestarter. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'll be posting, well, let me just tell you what uh, where you can follow her on Twitter. I believe it's Francis is at your Firestarter. Yes. At your Firestarter. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I was I was struggling there because it wasn't up on my screen. Uh, Jenna Harner from Channel 4 from the Bahamas giving us a preview of the UB Charlotte Bowl game. Joel Staniszewski, of course, we just heard. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank Frank in Williamsville and Bob from Brant for calling in and one of my most entertaining segments uh, of the year from my standpoint. That was a good time. A lot of telephone talk today. Do you even know where Brant is? Brant is... Brant's one of those ones that I get confused. I think Brant is Rochester area, isn't it? Like south, like in between. Where is Brant? That'd be interesting. Or for me, I didn't think it was that far out. Listen I didn't know that our signal got all the way out there, although he could have been. I had to look it up. It's, yeah. I knew it was the south town. It's down south a little bit, North Collins, kind of below Eden, that area. Oh, okay. Huh. Got it. I think there might be one in the north towns, but I might be confused with that. Multiple Brants? You're thinking of Kyle Brant. Gilbrandt. Yeah. Gil, yeah, you're talking. You're thinking of the Godfather, <laughs> Gilbrandt. My thanks to Jonah Bronstein, uh, who will be totally confused when there's no show to do uh, next Wednesday on Christmas. Uh, it's just a regular day for him. Matthew Fairburn and uh, Bobby Rosati. Merry Christmas, boys. Merry Christmas, Tim. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. That shampoo, Travis Bisson and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. Right cheer. Sports Radio, 1270 The Fan.